please can you make that your prayer today Lord before you I come Lord before you I come seeking and desirous of the light the light of your world a revelation by you O God Father, I give myself before you. I give myself to receive of you. To receive of your grace, to receive of your knowledge today. So that I'll be useful in your hands, O oh God. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for going out and coming in. We thank you for bringing us before you to receive of your word. We thank you for the miracle of your presence in our lives, in our circumstances, in our affairs. Father, as we come before you this evening, let our worship be acceptable for you. And cause us, O God, to be partakers of your word today. So that our lives can be better. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please, can we bring out our Bibles for our Bible affirmation? Say with me, this is my Bible. It's God's inerrant and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully and I internalize it in my life by doing these four things know it in my head by diligent study store it in my heart by memorization and meditation show it in my life by doing its teachings sow it in my world by being a witness hereafter I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please be warmly be seated and help me welcome somebody to church this evening. Say, brother, sister, I welcome you in the name of the Lord. And I'm glad you're in church this evening. Amen. Praise God. Last week, by the grace of God, we started a series on spiritual transformation. That was the intro. And today, at last week, I was also mentioned that we'll be talking about three things, three reasons that I believe should motivate every and any Christian to want to grow, to be transformed to the image of God's Son that he has called us to be like. Three key reasons why you must grow. So we're taking our reading again from our key scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. I'll read from the King James Version. And I also read from the Passion Translation. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The King James says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you. He wanted to communicate. He wanted to teach. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 1 that to the brethren in Rome, that I desire to come 
I really want to come so that I can impact you. So that I can impact you with some spiritual gifts. That was his desire. He knew that he had what they wanted. But as it affects this church, even though the capacity was there, the divine enablement was there for him to come in a very powerful way and bless this church. But there was a big limitation. The limitation was the ability of this church to receive what God has given to him for them at that time. It's like you want to charge your phone. You want to bring light from the mains into this auditorium, for example. And you know the demands of electricity here. And you are using a flexible wire from the main floor on the street to the house here. Will it work? It will burn the wire completely. Why? Not that there is no power at the other end. Not that there is no uh, power to supply all that is required. But the challenge is that there is no capacity in the house to receive what is coming. As a result of that, because you wouldn't want to burn the house, you decide to give the house whatever it is that it has the power to give. That is why in some places when the electricity is on, it's as if a lantern is on. Have you seen that kind of thing before? You see it's half current, quarter current, or this current. It is not the inability to supply, but the inability to receive. And so with that kind of light or power that is coming into the house, can you really do anything with it? Nothing. In fact, you will not plug any of your things there, any of your devices, so that it doesn't mess it up. It doesn't burn it. Apostle Paul said in this scripture, I came so that I would deliver. But when he came, what did he see? He said, some of you in the church in Corinth, possibly in our church here today, in the church in Nigeria at this time, he says, some are spiritual, but others are unto carnal." Even, another said, as unto babes in Christ. As a result of that, as a good husbandman that he is, he had to look back into his storehouse and brought forth what the church at that place can accommodate. He said, I have fed you milk. Not because I couldn't have fed you with something bigger, something better, something that will make your life better, but because it is milk that you have the capacity to contain. And if you are drinking milk day in, day out, how long will you keep drinking milk? Even a four-year-old goat, you would never see, as stupid and stubborn as a goat can be, a four-year-old goat, you can never see that goat struggling with the mother for milk. Then why is it that we are doing that today in church? He says, I have fed you with milk, not with meat. For he that told you were not able to be aid, neither yet are ye able. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. It says, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature, mature people. Note that word, note that long phrase. It says, for you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. You are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ. Verse 2 says, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with solid food of more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready for it. And remember what we read last week, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. Uh, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. And that was where we stayed for the rest of the teaching. And so, 
what stage are you or what state are you right now? Are you a babe? Are you carnal? Are you pursuing maturity in Christ? There are indices to show in scripture. But beloved of God, I have just come not so much to talk about those indices today, but to let you know what you are doing to yourself if you decide to remain in any of those two categories. The state of being a babe. You have been born again for 10 years. You have been born again for 20 years. You have been born again for 5 years, but you are still a babe in Christ. Or worst case, you are very carnal. Dominated by the mindset of the flesh. It is actually yourself that you are undoing. I said the scripture used three key features to describe the typical challenges that those that are refusing to grow in Christ will have. They are typical. Remember, I am not going to talk so much. In fact, today, it's not about how they are being dominated by the mindset of the flesh. The focus today is to let you know that your refusal to grow, your refusal to challenge yourself to growth, you are doing yourself more harm than good. And there are three standards in scripture that we are given. The first is that those that are carnal as Christians, they will have an application with the utilization of the word of God. They will have a problem with the application of the word. Because in the first place, they don't know beyond the milk of the world. And there are certain dimensions milk can never deliver to you. And so the first challenge is the word utilization challenge. They open the Bible, it's like newspaper. No light, no insight, no revelation. Why? Because there's something wrong inside. And so they're not able, like we said, they're not skillful in the word of righteousness. And beloved of God, it will shortchange you for a long time. That is when you go and be looking for vision. That is when you're going to be looking for prophets. Going from one prayer point or one prayer house to the other. And when challenges come in your life, you don't even know what part of scripture or what principle of scripture you should apply to get the exact result that you want. You are challenged. Like often a good number of us do. If you are asked, what is the aspect of scripture, the principle of the word of God, I should apply to this thing right now that will give me the exact result. Most of us don't know. And so you will break bread. Thank God for the breaking of bread. It will work. And so you will plead the blood of Jesus. You will say, Holy Ghost, fire. You will remember one or two things. And somebody will tell you, you have to wake up at 12 midnight, lock yourself in the house, make yourself naked, and begin to pray. Is somebody listening to me? Some of you may not have heard it. But these things are happening. They will say it's a prophetic action. As if your God is averse to answering your prayers because of the clothes you are wearing. Or because of a particular time in the day. They say, don't you know that it is only in the night at 12 o'clock. That's when the witches walk. Which 12 o'clock? 12 o'clock in Nigeria is 11 o'clock in Ghana. Eh? 12 midnight in Nigeria is 11 p.m. in Ghana. 12 midnight in Nigeria is about 9 p.m. in Senegal. Does it mean that the witches in Senegal wait till their own 12 o'clock? Is somebody listening to me today? Ask yourself these questions. Yesterday, a couple called me at about 12 in the afternoon and they told me 6 a.m. their time. 6 a.m. their time. I said, it's 6 a.m. and it's so bright. Beloved of God, that is why you must understand the principles of Scripture. That is why you must grow for word encounter and word utilization. Jesus said there are two ways a man can live. The first is for him to live by bread. But bread alone will not give you the quality of life you want. The other is the word of God. 
letting us know that the word of God is also equivalent to food that can sustain a man. But what kind of food? That is why you must grow. The second challenge that a Christian who's supposed to have grown but refusing to grow is that he will have a problem submitting to the Spirit of God. You won't even know what God is saying. He said, what has the Lord told you? He said, does God speak to you? It's only when I dream. So if there's an emergency now, you must go and sleep first. Eh? Where you are standing there, you cannot hear God. God cannot speak to you. It is because you have refused to grow. It is because you have refused to grow. You have been a Christian for 10 years. It is now time to marry. You cannot say, God, I think I have peace of God concerning sister so-so and so. Not, uh, excuse me, pastor. I have sister Kichi. I have sister Pat. I have sister... You bring five names. Which one, sir? You go to five different prophets. They will pick each of them differently for you. No wonder you are so confused. And that is not the will of God for you. That's not God's desire for you. It's because you have refused to grow. So, a Christian that has refused to grow, he short-circuited himself from an interaction with the Spirit of God, from a flow with the Spirit of God. It is yourself that you're actually doing. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit has a teaching ministry. The Holy Spirit has a, a, a reminding ministry. The Holy Spirit has an exposure ministry. The Holy Spirit has a ministry that brings you to knowledge. The Holy Spirit has a ministry that exposes you to knowledge. Assuming you don't even know all those things, the Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to make a profit from. Why are you short-circuiting yourself? You're short-circuiting yourself because you have refused to grow. And so, beloved of God, when we say grow, it is in your interest to grow. A Christian that has refused to grow will come to God with idols in his heart. Not knowing when you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And the scripture says, see, these people have come to seek me. God was dealing with babes. He said, they have come to seek me. And they came with idols in their heart. What will he do? He will answer them how? According to the counsels of the idols in their heart. And you will say, God spoke to me. Oh, I know God. God didn't speak anything to you. That is why it is in your interest now that you must grow. Because a day will come that the challenge of life will come. Where you are standing there, you are supposed to take a decision. Nobody will give you a chance to go and sleep. They won't even allow you to make a phone call to your favorite prophet, Kibati. Or you are going, you are looking so morosely, all your problems are written on your face. God help you. A gifted man is just passing. He sees your face because, ah, he can plot it. Excuse me, sister, brother. This, 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 this. go and do something about it. Too. He just drops it and walks away casually. He's expecting you to run after him. Truth or fact? Uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Uh, of course. He's baited you already. He has got you. Meanwhile, if you know, the Bible says be careful for what? Nothing. But in what? Everything. With prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be what? Made known unto God. What about the one you sit down? You're not even thinking of anything. And they come to download your life for you. And you think all those things are God? He says, the voice of the stranger you will not hear. It's all of these things. It is by the word of God that you'll be able to dissect to know which one is true, which one is a lie. How can a man I have never seen before, a man I don't know before, come and tell me so much about myself? The voice of the stranger he will not hear. God spoke to Samuel with the voice of Eli. He didn't go and use the voice of another prophet. Praise God. The third thing the Bible talks about is that because you have refused to grow, you will be unable to partake 
of the provisions of God for you, your inheritance in Christ. You will just see, you will just smell and be wishing that you can. But simply because you are an eagle that found itself among birds, among hens, chicken, you are flocking with them, looking at the eagle in the air, wishing that, ah, some people share, they are just so lucky. Meanwhile, you belong to that class. Are you listening to me, church? Are you with me today? Or I'm talking to myself. Let's get into it one by one. The word, word utilization. You saw the text we read, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, in the King James Version, and in the Passion Translation. It says, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those that are spiritually matured. Instead, I had to put aside the things I came with to begin to loss you with milk. I said that a babe in Christ is someone who cannot understand or use the deeper truths of the word of God. Scriptures, therefore, that are supposed to bring understanding to him, he is unable to receive that word. And this is a key characteristic of those that define or, or that define Christians that have refused to grow. You are in an environment where the word of God is preached, where the word of God is taught, but it has no relevance to you. You hear in one here, it leaves the other here. No notes, nothing. You come to church just to pass time. Of what use is that coming? How are we supposed to learn in church? Last week I quoted Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Can you give it to us on screen, please? Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Praise the Lord. It says, and I will give you what? Read it. Read it with everybody. And I will give you what? Pastors according to my heart. The heart of God is that every child of God should be what? Fed. That is his desire. That is the will of God. Pastors that will feed you according to the will of God. What are they going to feed you? With what? And what? Knowledge and understanding. They are going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. What is the process of their feeding you with knowledge and understanding? Please, can we have Philippians chapter 4 on screen, verse 9. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. I'm going to read it in as many translations as possible. First, give us in the Passion Translation. Passion Translation, quickly. Everybody look up, please. Look up, look up. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. It says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, and I will give you, it is the will of God that every child of God be taught. It is the will of God that every child of God be fed. What are they supposed to be taught or fed on? Wisdom and what? Understanding. And this comes from the word of God. How did Paul teach or stand in his office as pastor over those that were within his immediate surroundings. Remember in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that so mightily grew the word of God in the city of Ephesus and did what? And prevailed. What happened? Paul kept teaching the same thing for 27 months in the city of Ephesus. So it's not so much about the new things that you are taught. It's about you understanding you knowing how to walk the things that you have already been exposed to. And so he kept teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. Apostle Peter said, oftentimes there is need for a re-emphasizing of the truth that you already know. Why? In, please put that scripture back. So that you will be able to understand that scripture and know the workings of that scripture. Look at this Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. Passion Translation. Everybody read with me. Follow the example. Stop there. Read it again. 
Stop there. Read it again. Follow the example of all that we have what imparted to you. I started from this scripture because I wanted us to see the place of that word imparted. Paul said, follow the example. Now, let's go to King James Version of this particular scripture. Philippians chapter 4 9. Don't forget what he said about what? Imparted. How did he impact to the people? Let's read together. Those things, everybody, let's read. Those things which you have bought what? Learn. Note the word. Write learn. Write it. Write learn on your note. The things you have learned, learn. Learn. What you have learned and what you are learning is present continuous. Write learn. 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 What you have learned and what you are learning. What you have learned and what you are what? Learning. Those things which you are both learned. That word learned speaks of what you have learned and what you are what? Learning. When the Bible says, those things which you are both learned, the next word there is what? Received. How did Passion Translation describe this process? Which word did they use? Imparted. So, when we speak of impartation, one, it could be an impartation that comes from instruction, the teaching of the word of God, the step by step, for precept must be upon precept, line upon what? Line. A little here, a little there. A is for apple. You see, A is for apple. Two times two, four. Two times three, six. You understand me? The Bible says, those things you have what? Learned. Nothing is too elementary if we want to build. Remember, we're looking at the word imparted. So, the first level of impartation is what? Instruction. 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 But, again, not just instruction. Instruction that is understood. Instruction that can be worked. Instruction that can be practiced. Hello? When I was growing up, when we go to science class, the science teacher will come and teach us biology. I don't know. Maybe you had you attended a better secondary school. The first time I saw a microscope was in the university. But I was supposed to have seen a microscope in the secondary school. Hello, somebody. And you know, the university is a leveler. Whether you went to King's College or you went to Village College, when you get there, you are all on the same table. And they will line up everything there for you. When I saw a microscope, I was wondering whether I was to look from up or look from down. Do you understand me? I, in instruction, in instruction, I was told and showed a photograph of a microscope in my secondary school. But I was never exposed to the use of a microscope. Uh, do, you, do, do you understand the difference now? Uh, hello, are you following me? So that by the time I got to the, to the university and I saw a microscope for the first time, and guess what? I found out that there are many types of microscopes. Uh, have you observed that kind of thing? Hello, uh, am I communicating? There are many types of microscope. The microscope that you can carry one, and that one that looks like that old telephone number. Do you understand? That is one level. It was, when I got to you, I saw deep at a point I was coming. Is this one to a microscope? Is this one to? Then at a higher level, there's another level of microscope in which it is on the screen that you are seeing whatever you are seeing with. Do, do, are you following what I'm saying? And they call all of them what? Microscope. I was exposed to instruction on microscope, but I never had any practical use of microscope. I could not operate microscope on my own. Paul said, follow the example. Meaning that it's not just what you hear. It's also what, what you are able to translate into doing. Impartation. Therefore, impartation will come first, not by the laying on of hands. 
There is a place for laying on of hands. There's a place for blowing into the air. <laughs> Receive. Are you with me? What makes impartation to sit? What makes impartation to stay? What makes impartation to be multiplied is the ability to understand. It is my place as pastor. It is their place as pastor to feed you, to teach you, to teach you, to teach you what will produce, excuse me, wisdom. What will produce what? Understanding. It's not just knowledge. Paul said, follow what? Follow, read with me. He says, can we have it in the Passion Translation, please? Quickly. He says, follow what? The example. Follow what? The example. Follow what? The example. Let's go back to the King James Version. Please. He says, those things you have both length. If I am going to follow, I must see you do it, isn't it? Hello? If I'm going to follow, I must what? See you what? Do it. Let's read on. He says, those things you have both length. What is length? What I have learned, what I am learning, and what I will what? Learn. Are you following me? What I'm learning, I learn by instruction, and I learn by what? Practice. You will see it here. He says, and received. When Bible truths are taught, look up everybody. When Bible truths are taught, the knowledge of the truth is communicated. The spirit of the truth is caught. Let me repeat it. The knowledge of the truth is communicated. A is for apple. B is for ball. Two times two, four. Two times three, six. Say it with me now. We are learning together. Everybody. Three times one. Three times two. Three times uh, three. Three times uh, what next? How did you know it? How did you know it? You learned it. For some of us that went to school with the cane at the back, you must cram it. The spirit of the multiplication table is both instructed and what? Caught. When you come into an atmosphere where the word of God is taught in truth and in spirit and you open your heart, how do you open your heart? One, you come to church with your Bible. Whether it is digital Bible or hard copy Bible. When they say open to John 3.16, uh, those ah it should be John three sixteen. I know it. Okay. For God so loved the world and He gave His only begotten. Amen. You have read it, and oftentimes the mistake we make is that we read it with the color that is at the back of our minds. You think you know, but simply because you have refused to open, you cannot catch an insight that the Spirit of God wants to give you. Are you following what I'm saying? So you come with your Bible, you come with your notepad. Whether it is a digital notepad or a physical notepad, it's irrelevant. As they are mentioning it, you are writing it down. What does your writing do? Your writing is reinforcing it in your mind and giving you access for a reference. In church, you don't get more than 20 to 30% of what is taught. It is when you go back and listen to that message. You mean this thing was said... Ah, haven't you experienced it? A tape that you have listened ten times. When you play it again, there's something, there's always something that you never had before. It's the first time. The same tape. You have been listening to that tape from 6 a.m. This is 10 a.m. You are listening to that tape. This is the 20th time of listening to that 15 minutes tape. But each time you listen, there's something you thought, huh? Was that one said before? Do you understand me? How much more in a teaching setting like this? As you are teaching, some of us are chewing gum. And at, time, at a time in which the punch of the word is to be said, your gun will smack, and you are distracted. Once you are distracted, 
you might have had the information, but you have not received the spirit behind the information. Are you following me? That is why when you come, your attention must be on the word. He said, what you have both learned and what received. You receive instruction, you catch the spirit. You receive the instruction, you catch the spirit. It is the spirit that does what? Gives what? Life. The, you see, the words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Some translations say they are spirits that are producing what? Life. The moment you miss the spirit, Beloved of God, the life-giving benefit of that instruction may not apply. You may not be able to apply it at that time unless you go back and hear it over and over and over again. He says the things you have learned, the things you have received, and the things you have what? Heard. How did you learn? Two ways. One, by instruction, and secondly, by what? Example. How do you receive you open your heart to what is being preached. You refuse to sleep or doze at this time. If you are dozing, go and stand up. Do you understand me? Go to the back and stand. It's understandable if you have had a very serious day. But this is also a serious time also in which you don't want to miss anything. He says, the things you have heard and the things you have seen in me, what do you think is the difference in those two things? Somebody will say he's saying the same thing. He just wants to repeat for embassy. No! They are saying different things entirely. What you have learned, I have instructed you. You have observed it. You have tried it. What you have received, principally by impartation. What you have heard. There are some times, David said, once has he spoken. How many times have I heard? Twice. There are some times I will say something. That thing I am saying is like taking sand. If you have been to the seashore, you throw sand, you throw stone, eh? and it begins to skim on the surface of the something. Do you understand me? It will touch the wave, bounce, go, touch the wave, bounce, go until the energy dies. Are you following me? That second thing is like I speak something. Meanwhile, there is a question in your heart about another aspect of scripture. The moment I release that word, instantly and you receive and understand it, the revelation sinks into you. He immediately sinks into you. He connects with two, three dots and opens up that scripture to you. You have heard. I have not heard. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? And he went on to say, the things you have seen. This is where the life of the leader becomes extremely important. He told Timothy, he said, the things you have heard me say publicly, uh, I'm sorry, in private and in public, commit thou to other faithful men who will teach others. The life, the way, don't just do it or say the way I'm saying it. Do it the way I am doing it. That is to show that the life of the leader, the life of the teacher, is translating the message into living epistles in the life of those that are hearing. By looking at the life of your God-given teacher, you can understand the message. It, it, it becomes easy for you to live that message. You are in a situation. You don't know what to do. Ah, God, what will my teacher do in this instance? Instantly, you begin to remember some other things that he has taught you. You begin to hear the voice. He, you, see, you begin to hear the Holy Ghost using his voice. Using his gesticulations to instruct you. Those are the things Apostle Paul is talking about here. And he said, as you do this, the God of peace shall be with you. But a young convert, or a babe in Christ, or somebody that has refused to grow, who is dominated by the impulses of the flesh, it is time for midweek service like this. He would rather stay back and finish the part three of his To God Be the Glory home movie. Or Manchester United and Arsenal is playing. His mind is not in those things that promote Christ in his life. His mind is in comfort, is in convenience, is in Shadrach and Shami. 
if I don't know what to do, I'll go and meet Professor Susan. So by the time I sow a seed, something will happen. Yes, it's good, but we're abusing those things. And some of them will not even tell you the truth because your remaining as a baby is enhancing their pockets. Has God ever spoken to you? If he has, I'm not aware. Meanwhile, the Bible says, if you are a child of God, whosoever does not have his spirit is none of his. How can the spirit of God be in you? It's the spirit of God that is always talking and you say he has not said anything to you. It's because you have not given him chance. That is why you must grow. So, a person that is born again, but he refuses to be a baby, he can never have an interaction to a point in which he knows the exact Bible application, the word application to put in play in a circumstance of a challenge in his life. And so, what will he do if he does not know the word to play, to put in play? He'll be God. Why me? Why is my own like this? Why is this? Why is that? And God will be quiet looking at him. By this time, you should have known what to do. Why are you in this state? Oh God, you have have forgotten me. God did not forget you. It is you that refuse to learn when you should be learning. Praise the Lord. You see, beloved, it is there for your interest to know. Let me show you another scripture. Can we have uh, Colossians chapter 2? Colossians chapter 2. Everybody open there from verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 6. In order for you to know, gain the knowledge of your utilization of the word of God. I want you to see something. Listen to what Colossians chapter 6 says. As ye have therefore received Christ. You are a Christian. Nobody is doubting it. Whether you are a babe, you are carnal, or you are unto spiritual, nobody is doubting it. He says, as you have also received what? Christ the Lord. Jesus is Lord of your life. There is no doubt you are a Christian. What's the next thing he said? So do what? Walk ye in him. Can you give it to us in the Passion Translation? Quickly. Passion Translation. He says, in the same way. How? Which way? Which way? In the same way. You must be able to answer that question. Which way? The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through what? Faith. It means that you are saved by what? Faith. In the same way of faith that you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. Okay, it's even there. Faith. Do what? Continue your journey of what? Faith. Progressing further in your union with Christ. It is your responsibility to grow. It is your responsibility to proceed further in that union. It is not God that will come and force you. It is you that will do it. And how do I progress? My progression in my Christian faith is by what? Faith. Faith. Let's go to verse 7. Go to King James. King James in verse 7. How do I progress in faith? Rooted and what? Built up in him. How do I get rooted and built up in him? These are the questions that will come. Then you remember Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16 to verse 20. When you get home, read it. I don't have the time for that now. There's just a small point I want us to see in this scripture. You see, rooted and built up in him. Establish what? In faith. How do I know that I'm established in faith? Remember what I taught us last week. There are three indices I told us that shows faith. Go and listen to the message. It's there on the podcast. You'll see there. It says, it's a rooted and built up in him. Established in faith. This established in faith, write it there. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to verse 20. Go and read it. That will help you understand that. As ye have been taught. It means that you cannot be rooted or built up or be established in faith if you don't expose yourself to the right teaching of the word of God. 
So, you must not miss services like this. You must not miss an opportunity to be taught the word of God. And there's a crowning point he gave it here. What is that? Abounding what? Daring in what? Thanksgiving. Do you know that one of the evidences of your growth in Christ is your ability to give God thanks no matter whether it is good, whether it is bad. You are walking on the road. Holy Spirit, thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is good. Ah, God, thank you. Thank you. They say, what are you thanking him for? No, I'm just thanking him. If you are growing in Christ, part of the things you will see naturally, thanksgiving, a song, a hymn will come out. Why? Because your spirit is getting yourself into auto-recharge, being filled with the spirit of God. Do you understand the interactions of all these things? Brethren, if you go from this point to the junction in front there, and there is no thanksgiving to God, or you go out and you come in, in the old day, there have not been intervals in which you pause and say, ah, God, thank you. What are you thanking him for? You can't put your finger on You don't know. But it comes out of your spirit. That is an evidence of a progressive spirit. That is an evidence of a growing spirit. That's an evidence of a spirit that is making contact with heaven. That is an evidence of a spirit that is always constantly being refilled and refueled by the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks to God. You see, as simple as that. Okay, let's go back to one of the scriptures we looked at last week within the time I have. Uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Uh, King James Version, give it to us from verse 17. Romans chapter 4 from verse 17. Everybody look up. If you are finished writing, look up. He says, I want to encourage you. These messages are available on podcasts. Go download them. Like I told you, we don't sell messages here anymore. Go download them, listen to them over and over and over again. And you'll be able to get the progression of what we're talking about. Like I said, I'm not in a hurry. I'll keep teaching it, maybe rest it, come back and continue from where I stop. So that we can understand these things. Now, let's look at this. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of what? Many nations. I have done what? I have done what? I have done what? Who said that to who? God said it to what? How many children did he have at that time? None. None. What was his name before? Abraham. What's the meaning of Abraham? Exalted one. Exalted one. Can you imagine that old man in your house came to tell you as old as he was or as he is. Eh? His wife also very old. And you know everything woman in this woman is dead. Everything man in this man is dead. Are you with me? And he says with his croaky voice, I just had a revelation from God. He said, don't call my name exalted one again. As from today, begin to call me father of many nations. How many of you will laugh? And you, I'm father of many nations. <laughs> but the man wouldn't mind. Keep laughing, oh. Keep laughing. Because that is the name of that son that is going to be born. He said, have you heard? The exalted father has lost one screw. He said, God told him that he's no more exalted father. He's not the father of many. Ah, beloved of God, in the work of faith, it's normal to suffer the contradiction of men. <laughs> so, don't... Look, suffering the contradiction of men in you daring to believe God is part of the process. After all, Jesus, while he was on the cross, the Bible says some people looked at him, ah, oh my shoe. Hey, he healed others, oh. He saved others, oh. Why can't he save himself now? Oh, 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 uh, oh. How do they say, you know, something? Can you call Abiyamo? Eh? 
Il coulait. That's the one that they, ah, oh God, no. People will pity you for daring to believe God. But beloved of God, he that holds on and believes to the end is the person that will be what? Saved. Anyway, let's quickly go on so that I can make a point to us that I want to make. It says, before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead, as he gives life to everything dead, and called those things will be not as though they were. Look, the thing appeared dead. The Bible says God was giving it life. Life does not begin from outside. Life begins from where? Inside. So even when you are making progress, all progress may not be evident when progress is going on. Is somebody listening to me today? All progress may not be what? Evident even when progress is going on. And God is not obliged to explain himself to anybody. And call it those things which be not as though they were. The things that be not. Not the things that be as if they are not. Uh, do you see the difference? Let's go on to the next verse quickly. Okay. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope? There was no reason for him to believe. Can you pause this scripture for a moment and give us Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11? You see that as it was happening in the life of Abraham, it was also happening in the life of Sarah. Hebrews 11, 11. Everybody read it together. Let's see. Read it from the beginning. True faith. Also, Sarah did what? Received strength to conceive seed. Without faith, she would not have been able to conceive her. Even when the word was given. If she didn't believe the word, she would never have conceived. Now, let's go back quickly. Okay. Who against hope believed in hope? That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was what? Spoken. So shall thy seed be. What is the word of God that you are standing on? If you are going to walk in faith, I told us last week that faith begins where the will of God is known. The basis of faith is the word of God. It is the word of God that has been given to you that gives you faith. If I am a woman, I am 50 years old, and I just announced to you, I'm going to be married tomorrow morning. Everybody will say, hey, God did this for this person. And there may be a 39-year-old woman in that place who is saying, God, if you can do it for 50-year-old, what about me? Has it built faith in her? Eh? No. The only way faith comes is by the word of God. So what my testimony does is that my testimony inspires faith in you. Don't miss inspiration with the building. Are you following me? It is when it is built that it will produce. The best inspiration can give you is hope. But you need hope to get faith. Praise God. Now, see what he said. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken? What is it that is spoken to you? When you refuse to grow, you will not even remember the word because it is what you have learned, what you are learning, and what you are going to learn. And so you need to grow to be able to lay hold on the word that concerns you. And when you lay hold on it, you tie it down. How do you tie it down? You write it down where you won't forget. Paste it all over your house. Paste it in your toilet so that when you go to do your complaint, you know, when you are sending some petition away, and you will see it written there. Ah, God, you said this to me. Your spirit is revived. You hold on to it again. So, the word of God gives you that faith. And we are saying that if you refuse to grow, you can't lay hold on that word that will produce it. Let's go to the next verse quickly. And being not weak in faith. What is the evidence of a weak faith? I told us last week. See what he did here. He considered not his own body now dead. If, for example, 
I begin to say, God said this to me. This is the word that I receive. This is the circumstance that is happening at this time. And I begin to weigh more towards the things that are happening to me. I am what? Staggering in my faith. I am considering what is against faith. Whatever is against the word of God in my life that I lift above the word of God, what I'm doing is that I am not considering the word. I am considering the body that is now dead. Do you understand me? So if I'm going to establish a strong faith, therefore, I will recognize that evidence that is there, but I will prioritize the evidence of the word of God. Is somebody with me? And so I'll begin to press into God to do the things I must do to assure of the fact that God's word is true. Now, he said, what did he do? When he was about 100 years old, even the deadness, he had two things that he refused to consider. His own body and the deadness of his wife's body. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But what did he do? The Bible says he was strong in faith. Do you know that you are strong in faith? A lot of us are strong in faith. It's just that we don't know. We don't know. What did he do? He was what? Giving what? Giving what? Giving what? What did we see in Colossians chapter 2 verse 7? Abounding what? In thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. That is one of the things that enables you to hold the word of God. Your ability to thank God for the rain that you are expecting. Even when the sun is shining so much and it is so dry. There is no evidence that it is going to rain. But you refuse to consider the evidence that the, the, the weather, uh, the meteorologists have said it will rain. But God had told you it will rain. And you decide in the midst of the evidence of the meteorologist to say, God, I thank you because you are faithful. I thank you because your word will not fail. I have chosen to stand by your word. Glory be to God. Because you believe it will rain, when you are going out, you go out with your umbrella. When people see you with umbrella, what will they do? They will laugh at you. They will ask you, what is happening? Why are you holding an umbrella? And then you'll be able to declare your faith. I believe it's going to rain. I believe it's going to rain. I believe it's going to rain. What are you doing? You are speaking in agreement with what God has said concerning you. That is the essence of faith proclamation. Praise the Lord. Beloved of God, thanksgiving is an evidence that you are holding the word of God. If you want to tie the word of God into your life, into your circumstance, into your situation, it's not only by communing it. David said, that word have I hidden in my heart. When you hide the word, that is an, that is an element of tying the word. But beloved of God, to release the word into your life, into your circumstance, into that needy situation at that time. The word is in you. What you need now is to do what? To release it into that atmosphere. When do I release the word? When in the midst of it, with a teary eye, I stand and say, God, I thank you because it's going to rain. You say what he has said. You say in agreement with him. And you maintain your confession. Come rain, come shine. You maintain your confession. He has said, I'm a father of many nations. It's not I am going to be. I am what? A father of many nations. Because of that, I can stand and do what? Give glory to God. Stand up, everybody. Stand up. Drop whatever you are carrying. You see, we've only looked at one part of the part of laying hold on the word. We've not been able to look at the interaction with the spirit. And then, in order for me to get my benefit as a child of God, my inheritance. What do I want you to do right now? Lift up your hands unto heaven. Begin to give glory to God. He has told you it's going to rain. But at this time in your life, the sun is shining as if it will never shine again. Everywhere is dry. Everywhere is dry. But you are giving him thanks because he has told you it's going to rain. And you believe that it's going to rain. Begin to give him thanks right now. Begin to give him thanks for the rain. 
Rain has not yet come spiritually, physically, but rain is gathering spiritually already. So give him thanks. It is your thanksgiving with your word of rain and cause it to come. The Bible says, if the clouds be full, then the rain will come. I didn't hear somebody, I'm not hearing anybody thanking God. Sing your song to him. Sing your song. You see that situation? Look at it in the eye and sing your song to God. Can we have a hand, James? Sing your song. Dance your dance. Sing your song. Dance your dance. He said it's going to rain. The sun is shining as if there won't be a tomorrow. This is the time for you to show who you believe. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank him for the rain. And say it to him. He said, Lord, you said it will rain. I believe it will rain. Of course, you know your own circumstance. Yours could be that business. Yours could be that child. Yours could be that health. Give him thanks for it. Give him glory. Say what he has said. Say what he has said. If it's your health, tell him. Lord, you have said it and I believe it. You were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement that brought me peace was laid upon him. By stripes, you made me healed. You know your own circumstance. I'm not asking you to pray. I'm asking you to release the word. The word is already inside you. Release the word with thanksgiving. Oh God, I thank you. God, I give you glory. For faithful is he that has promised. Faithful is he that has promised. Who also will do it? Faithful is he. That market will sell. That land will sell. That negotiation will go through. That favor will come. That job will come. Brethren, give God praise. Oh, favor will accompany you everywhere you go. Favor in your office. That of God that doesn't want to see you. Because the favor of the Lord rests upon you. You release the favor in thanksgiving in his direction right now. Release the favor in thanksgiving in his direction. God, I thank you for Mr. So so and so. God, I thank you for Madame So so and so. Somebody's owing you. He has the money to pay. But he has said he will never pay you because he wants to show you. This is a time for you to let God into that matter for you. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you for that exam you have written. Thank him because you will not write it again. Whatever is the burden of your heart, give him thanks and give him your dance. Give him thanks and give him your dance. Give him thanks and give him your dance. thanks for the new doors that he has told you is opening everywhere looks short but he said he's opening a new door he's setting an open door before you can somebody give him thanks in the name of Jesus here you are not born again as I pray this prayer pray with me now whether you are on site or you are online Father God I give you thanks I thank you for sending Jesus to come and die for me I believe in my heart that he died for my sins he shed his blood for my sins he was raised back to life for my justification and today is seated at the right hand of God. Lord, I believe this in my heart. 
and I call him Lord of my life today in line with your word receive me I'm born again receive me I'm born again in the name of Jesus if you pray that prayer maybe you are online there are some numbers on the screen right now call those numbers somebody will be there to speak with you if you are in the house please immediately after service see Pastor Fidelis Okonicha I want you to go with this atmosphere release the word it is you have kept it in your heart enough release the word by thanksgiving God bless you Amen Thank you.